Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, and we are delighted you've joined us today for uh, another uh, enlightening series uh, within a series. We've been doing uh, the 10 major Christian doctrines. Uh, We've done... I think, what, five or six so far? Six, we're on the seventh. We're on the seventh one. And today, uh, we're going to uh, be focusing on eschatology. Eschatology. E-S-C-H-A-T-O-L-O-G-Y. And that is the study of last things. Um, This is a particularly fascinating study. I think you'll you'll get some great information out of it, especially in light of current events uh, that are happening in our world today. Uh, as I think everybody's almost everybody's aware of, uh, we are experiencing an unprecedented level of uh, chaos. Uh, Seems like everywhere on this globe. Uh, things that are, are, are starting to happen that have never happened before. Uh, and I think people are naturally starting to wonder, hey, what the heck is going on here? Uh, for that reason, this is a particularly uh, pertinent study that we're doing. Uh, it, in spots, it'll be a, a little bit of a rehash uh, of what we did during our Revelation series. Uh, so take out your notes from that and uh, compare to what we're we're going to be putting out today. Uh, but without further ado, I'm going to let Pastor get into it. Um, the study of eschatology. Pastor, take it away, please. All right. Thank you, Curtis. Uh, a lot of things that I'm going to say by way of introduction. First of all, eschatology, the Greek word is eschatos, and it means last. And it's um, it, it appears in the Bible sometimes uh, as the term last days. Sometimes it, refer, it uh, makes reference to the end times. Uh, and so we want to make you aware of those things. A lot to be said. And, and just, uh, just to start off with, we know that... Um, our take on eschatology uh, is both literal, historical, grammatical, and dispensational. And one of these days, we're going to talk about the dispensations, but that talks about the seven ages uh, of God's dealing uh, with men on the earth. And that's what the end times is about. I don't know how many times, Curtis, and we've talked about this in our studies uh, together, uh, a lot of young people, I mean, I've pastored churches, two, per, two churches, was on the staff of a third one. Um, most of my, uh, most of my uh, experience in, in teaching has been with young people, young adults, uh, teenagers, uh, junior hires. Um, and I will tell you that from, from all of those age groups, I've, one of the most asked questions that I get is, Pastor or Brother Chamberlain, are we in the last days? 
The other question is, how can I know the will of God? And we've dealt with that in uh, an early, earlier podcast, uh, but we haven't dealt specifically with the end times. And people want to know, are we in the end times? Are we in the last days? How close are we? Uh, how long have we been there? We're going to answer those questions. How long have we got left? How long have we got? When will the last days end? And is there an end to them? Well, we're going to answer those questions. And if there's an end to the to the last days, what what happens after that? Well, what? Well, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, what, I mean, and so is that just the end of everything? Yeah. So this may take um, more than just a couple of uh, a, a couple of uh, broadcasts. Uh, so stick with us, will you please? Uh, and have your Bibles ready. Uh, if you got your Bible in hand, there are sometimes while well, I will pause a little bit to get to the scriptures because uh, I want to do it the way you're doing it, uh, getting to the scriptures. And so um, let's do it that way. So now, uh, before we begin, we've had a word of prayer with ourselves. Would you pray with us? Help us, dear Lord, to do the right thing, to, uh, uh, to rightly divide your word of truth, to be informative, to educate people, uh, to edify people, to evangelize people, and uh, then may they enjoy what they're hearing. And we'll give you the praise and glory and thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Are we in the end times? Are we in the last days? The Old Testament by the way, and the history of the Old Testament is not the end times. No. However, there are at least three major references to the end times in the Old Testament. And the first one we find is in Genesis chapter 49, verse 1. The, the Jews are in Egypt, and Jacob is gathering his 12 sons together uh, and uh, giving them a prophecy. In Genesis 49, verse 1, And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together, that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Now, I could talk a lot about Genesis 49, but I won't. I just want you to know that it was first mentioned in the very first book of the Bible. And by the way, it was a prophecy concerning Jewish people. Yeah. And much yeah. of much of the eschatology has deals with the Jewish people. The Old uh, Testament being a story of a nation, basically. That's right. And the, the and God's and God's elect nation. And before I go any further, Curtis and I, uh, and and almost all of the Christians I know are not anti-Semitic. No. We love the Jews because the book of Isaiah clearly states that Israel is God's elect nation. That's right. And so much of the end times prophecy deals primarily with, although not exclusively, with the Jewish nation. And we, as believe, we, and we believe that God keeps his promises, and he made one in Genesis chapter 12 to Abraham. That's right. And we believe that. That's and we right. believe that is a firmly established and foreverlasting covenant. That's correct. Well, as we saw Genesis 49, well, let's turn to Isaiah chapter chapter 2. 
Isaiah chapter 2, another prominent mention of the last days. Isaiah chapter 2, the first two verses, it says this, The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Then verse 2 says, And it shall come to pass. Something that's going to happen in the future. Yep. It shall come to pass that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all the nations shall flow into it. This is a prophecy regarding the last days and we'll deal with that uh, subsequently. Then in Micah chapter 4, one of my favorite books. Curtis says that's one of his favorite books. It is. And I've got a lot of underlines here in the book of <laughs> Micah. But let's look at Micah chapter 4. And we'll begin reading with verse 1 and probably won't read any more of that. Maybe I will, but uh, as the Spirit leads me. Uh, it says, but in the last days, and there it is. There's the mention of the last days. It shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains. Isn't that what Isaiah said? And so. it shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow into it. Many nations shall come and say, Come and let us go to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths, for the law shall go forth of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Wow. Just think about that. And he shall judge among many people and rebuke strong nations afar off. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up a sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Wow. What a great time that's going to be. It's going to be in the end times. Yep. We're going to talk a little bit more about wars in just a moment. So, let's answer the question. Let's answer it right up front, Curtis. Are we in the last days? Yes. What saith the scripture? By the way, that's that's our rule. We, we don't say anything that the scriptures doesn't say. We believe that if God said it, stand up and speak up. If God didn't say it, shut up and sit down. Yep. So, we're going to give you the scriptures. And then we'll make some commentary on them, but uh, the scriptures are the most important. And please understand that Curtis and I are both of the same mind. If we know anything, it's that we don't know everything. There are some things that we can't know yet. But these story of the last days will tell us that very, very thing. Okay, so let's talk about... Um, uh, the scriptures that talk about the last days, and in particularly the New Testament. If you will, uh, turn in your Bibles, please, to uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2. Uh, you couldn't get a more succinct, definite uh, answer to your question, folks, than you can in Hebrews Chapter 1, we believe that the Apostle Paul was the penman. And of course, God was the giver of the word. And it says that in verse 1 of Hebrews 1. It says, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake. 
You know, God dictated his word. Spake in time fast unto the fathers by the prophets. Hath in these last days. Oh, here's evidence right there. There it is. And and when did it start? Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. Well, he hath appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds. So, wow. It's the birth of Jesus Christ. And then it goes in verse three to say, who being the brightness of his glory, express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So this talks about the birth of Jesus Christ, talks about us belonging to Jesus Christ, talks about the brightness of Jesus Christ, it talks about how the worlds became. If you read John chapter one, it's all about uh, Jesus being the word uh, and without him was not anything made that was made. But when Jesus appeared, bingo, so did the last days. That's when they began. Let's talk about uh, at the birth of Christ. Now, let's talk about uh, some scriptures that that absolutely tell us about the last days. Turn to First Timothy chapter four. By the way, um, we'll see this in First Timothy and in Second Timothy uh, references to the last days. And Paul is writing First uh, and Second Timothy and Titus to young pastors. Now, I'm sorry, pastors, if there's some of you listening, you better be doing these things. You better be doing what we're doing today. Not that we're anything special, but we understand that things are, you know, that we are in the last days and things are not being done the way the Bible says for them to be done. First Timothy chapter four, verse one says, now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, now, that word latter is a little bit different than the word last. Latter is, comes from a Greek word which means the very last of the last. Mm -hmm. So when this whole shebang starts to wrap up, here's what's going to happen. And there's a description of it. In the, latter, in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, and doctrines of devils. Mm -hmm. This is why we're teaching the major doctrines in the Bible. Yep. So that you'll know what they are and won't even accidentally, but this, this is talking about purposely um, uh, departing from the doc, giving, giving, giving themselves to doctrines of devils. And they'll be speaking lies in hypocrisy, oh having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Mm -hmm. Oh, don't do like Pinocchio when he sang, and always let your conscience be your guide. Listen, if your conscience is not clean uh, by, by means of the new birth, um, your conscience will be seared with a hot iron. You won't have a good one. Then it says in verse 3, forbidding to marry. Catholic Church. Yeah. Priests are not to be married. Commanding to abstain from meats. Oops. Oops. What? Yeah. On Friday, you can't eat meats. Yeah. 
Oh, that's too bad. Fishy Friday. This is happening. Um, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Isn't that something? For That's every right. creature of God is good and nothing to be refused. Nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving for it's sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Let, so, me, let me do verse 6 now. So it says to the pastors, oh, Curtis, boy. talking to you and I, yeah. and to you and me. It says, if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. So, 1 Timothy 4 says, in the latter days, here's what's going to happen. And we read to you the verses. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Again, young pastors, this is to this is to you, this is to me. It says this this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Now, if I read nothing else, you'd have to know from this verse that we're in the last days. I don't think it's ever been more perilous That's to right. be alive. Huh? Yeah, you could go into Ohio and get stabbed to death. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. This is the most selfish generation in the history of the world. Right here, folks. Maybe besides the generation of Noah. And, well, which we'll get to in the study of angelology. Yeah. Yeah. Men shall be lovers of their own selves. They'll be covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Are you listening, kids? Unho uh, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. That's talking about homosexuality, but whether you like it or not. And they'll tell you in another scripture how it is. Incontinent, that means you can't contain yourself. Fierce, despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. Let me take a breath. <sighs> having the form of godliness. Oh, this is going to happen in the churches? You betcha, Red Rider. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And then he says this, from such turn away. You've got a warning. All of these appearances uh, in the Bible about uh, the, the last days, it's telling us to beware or be aware of. So it says then, continues in verse 6, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter, chapter 3. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led with diverse lusts. What? I could hold, preach a whole message on that. But just think on it. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. That's a description in these last days. Let's turn to um, let's turn to James chapter five. James chapter five. Right after the book of Hebrews, James chapter five. Very. Uh, I mean, uh, 
Let's begin reading with verse 1. Go to now, ye rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. What? Wow. Your riches are corrupted. Your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered. And the rust of them shall be a witness against you and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. Now, folks. <laughs> If this isn't a pretty good description of the last days, what in the world is? Let's go to Second Peter, please. Second Peter, chapter three. Second Peter, chapter three. It says this. Verse three. Hmm. Let's, let's begin reading at verse 1, but verse 3 is the key verse. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts, saying, where's the promise of his coming? You Christians, you keep believing in the rapture. Jesus hasn't come yet. Nah, 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 nah. And they'll do that and saying, where's the promise of his coming? And, and he says, for since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. There's no beginning and there's no end. La, 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 la. For of this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. And then he says this, talking about there's going to be coming a new heavens and a new earth. We're going to deal with that later on in, in this uh, topic. Then let's look at uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. 1 John Chapter 2, verse 18. Let's just read that one verse. Little children, it is the last time. Now, this was written in the first century A.D. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. So are we in the last days? Um, I'm going to go with yes. Pastor. It seems very obvious, doesn't it? Yeah. We talked about when did the last days begin? They began with the birth and the life and the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's go to the evidence of the last days. Now we've seen some of it, but you haven't seen the whole picture. The evidence of the last days, there's going to be bad guys. Mm -hmm. I had to have a B in there because we talked about beware and the beginning of the, uh, of, of the uh, last times. And so let's go back to 2 Timothy chapter. Well, we've read 2 Timothy chapter 3. Um, we didn't go all the way to the end of it, but uh, uh, you should read it all the way through to verse 13. It's quite a laundry list. 
Oh, it is. And we've talked about 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, uh, and, and about how awful things are happening. You know one thing we haven't talked about? Matthew chapter 24. Mm. Now here's an evidence. Are you ready? Matthew chapter 24, Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 24. And I put this in my notes, and now I'm having a difficult time finding it. Let's look at verse 6. This is Sermon on the Mount. Um, uh, he's, he's, he says this. Let's look, begin reading with verse 4. Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And then it says in verse 6, Ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Do you know what's happening in our world today? Russia and Ukraine have now amassed hundreds of thousands of military people, personnel, um, uh, um, bombs. And we have listeners in Ukraine. Really. And we have listeners in Ukraine, by the way. And uh, watch out. You're in the last days because this is what's happening over there where you are. By the way, there are a lot of people that think that in the United States, there's going to be a civil war before the end of this decade. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the evidences. But here's another evidence that we're in the last days. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Now, it doesn't say in the scripture the last days, but based on what we've already read to you, it certainly has reference to uh, the last days because it tells you a whole list of things and, and a whole list of things. And I'm going to get, get this list of things done and our first half hour will be close to being ended. But listen to this. Um, uh, the Apostle Paul wrote in Chapter 1, verse 16, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, notice that, and also to the Greek, for therein, that is in the gospel, uh, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. It is written, the just shall live by faith. By the way, Psalm chapter 19 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth forth his handiwork. There's no place on earth where the sound of these things uh, uh, cannot be heard. Therefore, you're without excuse. But listen to this list of things that are happening as we sit at this dining room table. Verse 18. Verse 18, Romans chapter 1. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and righteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. They're spitting on the Bible. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. God, people all over the world, Christians, un, you know, unbelievers, scoffers, they all know 
about what God is, his glory, his grace, his greatness. That which may be known of God is manifested, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And if you're listening today, you're without excuse. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image. Image worship? Oh, yeah. Made like into corruptible man, into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Well, that's not the end of it. For this cause, God gave them up into vile affections for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And that, folks, is lesbianism. And likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of their women turned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly uh, and receiving in themselves the recompense of the heir which was meet. And with that, we'll close this portion of our study on eschatology, and we'll be back in just a few minutes and pick up where we left off. <laughs> 